Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ian Furness on Seattle Sports Radio 950. KJR. Entertaining Sports Talk. Welcome back to the Ian Furness Show. I'm Tony Softley. Sports Radio 950 KGR. Joining me now is a good friend of mine, Bucky Brooks. You can uh, read him on NFL.com. You can also follow him on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. Buck, what's happening, man? Uh, everything is good, Tony. What's going on? I appreciate you joining me. I know you're a busy man on the TV. You're looking good, too, by the way, man, when you're on the tube. I just had to throw that out <laughs> at you, too. <laughs> hey, you know, if for the people that want to uh, to read your stuff, you got your top five up, and uh, I just wanted to kind of go through some of that stuff with you. And, and also, before we get you off the line, I also want to get your thoughts on Earl Thomas as well. Uh, let's talk some about the quarterbacks. Before we do that, let, you know, Cleveland Browns have the first pick, and they have the fourth pick. What what were what if you were the GM if you were there and in, in, in charge would would you take Barkley the running back first knowing that you you need a running game to help support that quarterback and then get you know uh, you have well the, you have the best of four quarterbacks to choose from two might be gone uh, so you have two quarterbacks to choose from at the fourth pick how would how would you do that or would you you choose a quarterback number one overall. Uh, Tony, I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't take any of the quarterbacks if I'm the Cleveland Browns because I think a young quarterback doesn't solve the issue. I think they would be better served to get a veteran quarterback, uh, someone who is capable of winning games right now, and then commit those two picks, those two top five picks, to trying to accumulate as many blue-chip players as I can. Any young quarterback that you bring in there right now is is not going to give them an immediate return on their investment. And even though the outside noise and all their fans are clamoring for a young franchise quarterback, the best move for that team is to bypass the quarterback, get two really good players, and find a veteran, even if I have to overpay for a Kirk Cousins or whatever, someone that has some experience. Because if you bring another young quarterback into the room, Mm -hmm. you're going to have three, four quarterbacks that are under 25 years old. Who is going to be the leader of that room? <laughs> hey, that's a great question. There's no question about it. I, I'm looking at your top five. You got uh, Rosen one, Darnold two, Mayfield three, and you got Lamar Jackson four, and then Allen five. You know, I, I've seen all these guys play uh, live the last couple years. I've seen Lamar Jackson three games out, out of the last two seasons. Talk to me a little bit about Lamar Jackson. I mean, he to me, and you and I worked together at the Carolina Panthers. And we had a guy down there in the NFC South that we had a hard time stopping by the name of Michael Vick. This guy kind of reminds me of a taller, right-handed Michael Vick. Your thoughts on this young man? I agree wholeheartedly. And I think maybe that's why I'm so partial to Lamar Jackson. Um, Experience kind of lets you know what someone can be. Mm -hmm. That experience having to face Michael Vick two times a year and really not being able to knock him off when all we need to do was beat them in some games to go to the playoffs, that has left a mark on me. That's left a stain. And just to hear John Fox and Turgo talk about how difficult it is to come up with a defensive game plan to slow him down, I think Lamar Jackson can keep defensive coordinators up at night. Yes. Now, what it's going to take for him to be what he could be in the league, a creative offensive coordinator, 
that is willing to build an offense around his talent, a head coach that fully buys into what he is as a playmaker, and then it's about supporting him with the right pieces of the puzzle on offense to allow him to do his thing. But what he does, he expands the playbook for the play caller. He erases some of the bad plays for the play caller, and he makes your offense so difficult to defend that your running game is going to rank within the top two or three because he's going to add that hidden rushing yard that makes it so tough for the defense to stop him. You know, my mentor and the guy that hired me and brought me in the league, Bill Polian, this week said that uh, he thinks he is a receiver. He should switch to receiver. Uh, you know, I, I kind of get what he's talking about because when this guy takes off and runs, I mean, he is electrifying. He is dynamic. There's no question about it. His 57.1 career uh, completion percentage is not uh, very good, and, and you look at that. Can't some of the things be tweaked and changed to make him a more uh, efficient passer? Uh, I think so. I think here's what's going to happen, Tony. We always have these conversations offline. Yes. We are going to see who are really scouts and who are guys that just <laughs> box for scouts. There you go. Because if you if you really look at the tape and look at the throws that he's making, unlike some of the quarterbacks, he's not living on bubble screens that inflate his completion percentage. He also has been victimized by a ton of drops by his wide receivers. We'll hear guys talk about, oh, Sam Darnold doesn't have a supporting cast. Josh Rosen doesn't have a supporting cast. There were a ton of drops. But of all the quarterbacks in the top five, no crook wide receivers dropped more passes than Louisville. 12% of the passes that he threw to them, they dropped. Yes. Compared to 6% for Sam Donald, 7% for Josh Allen, respectively. I think when you really look at the tape, you'll see, look, he's an unfinished product. But you always told me, tell me what he can do, not what he can't do. There are a lot of things that this dude can do that can make him a special player in this league. You're listening to uh, Bucky Brooks, a friend of mine, a friend of this show. You can follow him on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks, and also read uh, a lot of the stuff he writes on NFL.com. He's joining us right now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Let's talk a little bit about wide receivers. No, before we do that, running backs, because I know you like Barkley, so do I. Talk to me a little bit about Barkley, but also Sony Michelle from Georgia. I mean, uh, Saquon Barkley is everything that we've always talked about and wanting a three-down running back. You want a guy in today's game that can run it inside and outside, can catch the ball out the backfield, can stay in and pass protect, and if you need him to give you something in the kicking game, he can do that. Well, that's Saquon Barkley, which is why I believe he's the best player in the draft because he can do so many different things. And even though we're at a point where you can make a really good argument to devalue the position, meaning that you can find guys in the second and third round that can be Pro Bowl players. Sometimes when a guy is special, you have to grade him as such, which is why I grade Saquon Barkley at the top of the charts. And Sony Michelle, I think here's the thing. When you have an opportunity to work with high school guys, you go all over the country, you find out stories about players that kind of give you a different perspective on who they are. Mm-hmm. Sony Michelle is a talented player in Georgia. He's a guy that split time with Nick Chubb. He can catch the ball out the backfield. He's explosive. But if I told you in eighth grade this dude was an all-state high school football player down in Miami, you would look at him a little differently. If I told you that he's an urban legend down there and all the players that have come from South Florida, you would give him a little more respect when it came to what he could be at the next level. When you go down to South Florida, you go down to Florida, and you ask them about Sonny Michelle, they revere this guy in terms of what he was as a young player and what he could be. I think this guy is going to be terrific in the National Football League, Alvin Kamara has really given people a blueprint on what he can be. 
I think the success of Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt will lead others to look at Sonny Michelle and say, look, in the second round, maybe the bottom of the first, I can take this guy. This guy can be a difference maker for our franchise. Yeah, there's no doubt. I love that kid. And, and just how he finishes plays, receiver out of the backfield, just catch the extended handoffs. Uh, I totally agree with you. Let's switch it and go to the defensive side. Uh, I saw Bradley Chubb actually play against Louisville uh, this past season. Uh, very, very impressive. Anybody else in the, in your top five that uh, – you know, even come close to his, uh, you know, his size, 6'4", 275. I mean, what about his production and uh, somebody that uh, is close to uh, where Chubb is? You know, like, Bradley Chubb is the prototypical defensive end that we look for. Uh, and our old language, we talk about him being a base end, but he's really more than that. Um, it's funny when you go to NC State and you look at him and he's wearing number nine. Mm-hmm. He's a carbon copy of Mario Williams. Yes. He's big. He's athletic. I would say the one thing that he has over Mario, he got a little nasty temperament that I don't know if Mario had. This dude plays angry on the field. It is important for him to um, finish plays, to play with a level of physicality and toughness. And that game uh, against Louisville, we can talk about Lamar Jackson struggling in that game, but I came away with a ton of respect for Lamar Jackson because they beat him up. (laughs) Bradley Chubb and that crew beat him up. I love Bradley Chubb. I think Bradley Chubb is the best pass rusher in the draft. I think he's a plug-and-play player from day one. He's an impact player. I just got a uh, text message uh, from uh, a friend, a longtime uh, Husky. He wants to know Vita Vea. What's your thoughts on, on the big man? You know, we talked to Vita Vea early in the week on the podcast, and I'm really intrigued and fascinated by him. Tony, as we always talk about, like, he goes beyond just looking at what guys do in college about what they do in high school. Mm-hmm. This dude was a legitimate running back in high school athletic, great balance and body control. Um, when you see him play defensive tackle, like, it's easy to say, hey, man, he'd be a zero or one technique guy that can plug the hole. But I think he has a little Dontari Poe with him. I think he has some Haloti Nada in him, meaning a very athletic interior player that can be disruptive. When you watch him in the Fiesta Bowl and he comes down and he makes a tackle on punt team, it speaks to his athleticism. It's going to be easy for D-line coaches and defensive coordinators to fall in love with him. It's about finding the right place for him to go on the field and to have an impact not only as a run stopper but as a pass defender. Yeah, there's no question. Rokon Smith, talking about linebackers, Rokon Smith from Georgia uh, and Evans from Alabama. Kind of give us a little bit of uh, the difference between those two. I see you have them rank 1-2 with Smith uh, as number one. You know, I think linebackers coming inside linebackers come in two different categories. One guy's a thumper, the other guy's a floater. Uh, Roquan Smith is a floater, meaning a sideline-to-sideline player. He is going to chew up tackles uh, from numbers to numbers. He's going to make every play. If you have him clean, meaning you have a big body tackle in front of him where he can just run and hunt, hunt running backs, he's going to eat them up. Uh, Evans is a violent player in between the hats. He, I mean, he destroys people one-on-one in the hole. He certainly sets the tone as an impact player. Both of these guys are terrific. I think stylistically it comes down to what do you need on your defense. Do you need a guy that can run and chase from sideline to sideline? Are you looking for a tempo setter? It reminds me a lot of Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. Navarro Bowman being more of the Evans type, Patrick Willis being more of the Brooklyn Smith type. You're listening to Sports Radio 950 KJR. My guest joining me now is Bucky Brooks. You can follow him on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks, and also read a lot of his stuff on NFL.com. He is our guest on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline right now. Uh, you know, let's switch and go to safeties. Fitzpatrick, I don't know, man. I think he might 
I think Barkley is might be the best football player, but this guy might be the better athlete. And I'm talking about Fitzpatrick, the DB from Alabama. What's the difference and compare the two between he and Darwin James at Florida State? You know, like, interestingly enough, I coached both of them in high school. Both of them were on my 707 team. Okay. At an event at Nike headquarters. Well, give us and some inside, Buck. Give us some inside, man. What I, can, what I can say about both of these guys, they love football. They are all ball all the time. Uh, and Fitzpatrick is the new school defensive back that everyone wants to have in the secondary, meaning he can play safety, he can play nickel, he can come off the edge and blitz. If you need him to go outside and cover a tight end, he can do that on the perimeter. He's everything that you want. He's a Swiss Army knife in the back end. Derwin James is the big-body hybrid that people are fascinated by. You guys in Seattle obviously are very familiar with Cam Chancellor. Imagine Cam Chancellor but a little more athletic. That is Derwin James. I think the best thing that Derwin James does in the middle of that defense in the secondary, he can go on the second level, and he can be a guy that can play in the box. He can blitz off the edge and give you all kinds of production. What I love about Derwin, Derwin will darn near cry if the game doesn't go his way. He loves it. He's passionate about it. He has a high football IQ. He will play in a sandlot, in a parking lot, anywhere. If there's a game, he wants to be a part of it. Those are the type of guys that I want on my field. He's a culture changer. Much like people were excited about Jamal Adams and how he could change the locker room, that's what I feel about Derwin James. I love both of those guys. I don't think you can go wrong with either one. Yeah, I can't wait to see these guys at pros. Where they go, where they land uh, is going to be interesting. Let's switch gears now. As I promised our our listeners, we talk a little bit about uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you got your GM hat on now. Uh, do, do you extend – uh, Earl Thomas and give him guaranteed money. Uh, do you uh, do you allow him just to play out this year and walk? What do you do, Buck? Man, it's so it's such a tough one because yep. potentially you're looking at the end of the Legion of Boom as we know it. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing with Earl um, going into the last year, I know he wanted his money before uh, his deal ends. I'm inclined to keep Earl around. I need to see him play. I think I kind of whisper in his ear, like, hey, big fella, let's get into the middle of the season. If everything is going well in the middle of the season, we'll go ahead and write that check. But I just want to make sure that he can hold up. The big thing that everyone was always concerned about Earl, he plays with such a violent temperament. He's such a hustler and a reckless player that you wonder if his body can hold up. I just want to make sure that his body's going to hold up before I write the big check. They need him because if you think about not having Sherm, not having Cam Chancellor, you still need leadership in the back end, I'm more inclined to keep him around because I think he can keep the young guys straight as we rebuild and retool that defense. You know, we got to wait and see what's going to go on with uh, Sherman. Is he going to be healthy? He's already had a second uh, surgery on the opposite foot to uh, replace some bone spurs. So, I mean, that's kind of a wait and see on the shelf thing. Michael Bennett, talk to us a little bit about what you would do with Michael Bennett. You know, I think they have to keep Michael Bennett around. I, I think when you're looking at Seattle, what made their defense goes. So much of the attention was on the Legion of Boom, but they were one of the few teams that could generate a pass rush with just the front four. Michael Bennett being the guy that can not only play outside, but could jump over and really exploit overmatched guards on the interior. Uh, I would like to keep him around. You know, I don't know, like, with, with Pete and those guys, if some of those loud veterans have worn out their welcome, but if there's a way to keep him around, I certainly want to do so. If you can keep him around and also keep Sheldon Richardson on that franchise tag, I think you really have an opportunity defensively to continue to be good. It's not the same old Seattle Seahawks, but I think as they're kind of flipping the roster, if you can keep that defense around and keep them good enough to compete, 
I think they can win enough games where you can do the rebuild on the fly, meaning you can go into the postseason while still flipping that team and remaking it and reshaping the roster in Russell Wilson's image as opposed to the way it was reshaped before with Marshawn Lynch being the bell cow and really the focal point of the team. So you so you would franchise uh, Richardson? Yeah, I would try to keep him around on a one-year tag um, because you don't know if Malik McDowell is going to be able to come back. You keep Richardson around. You still have Michael Bennett. Uh, you're going to lose Cliff Averill, but you have Frank Clark. I think that is really a, a top five, top eight defensive line. If that defensive line is rolling, I think that can mask some of the problems that you may have when you're adjusting to a younger uh, secondary that's still trying to find their way as a new version of the Legion of Boom. Let's switch gears, and, and, and my last couple questions will be on the Husky side of it. Uh, Dante Pettis, uh, it, have you seen enough at wide receiver for him to compete at a high level to be a red player, a contributor, a heavy starter, or starter and heavy contributor at the next level? I think so. I think he already has rare qualities in his ability to return punts. Mm-hmm. He is one of the best punt returners that we've seen. That right there is a starting role. So if you add that to the fact that he can run routes, he can come in and be maybe your third or your fourth receiver, every Sunday he's assured to get in the jersey. Getting on the field gives him an opportunity to be a steady contributor. I don't think there's going to be an issue with Dante Pettis. I think he's terrific, and I think his punt return qualities are enough to really make him a high-level player. I would think that he would go somewhere day two. There's value in that second or third round for a guy that can put the ball in the paint in the kicking game. Yeah, there's no question. And and what about his speed? He's kind of a long, lopy strider, but that can put you to sleep at times. I'm thinking a low four four on this kid. You know, like regardless of whether he runs a four four, even a low four five, punt returners are viewed differently. Like your best punt returners are not necessarily your fast guys. Go all the way back to when Leon Washington was up in Seattle. He wasn't the fastest guy, but he has a knack. I think the thing that you're looking for. Is he stout enough to be able to break some of those arm tackles? Does he consistently field and track the ball without problems? Uh, because he played up in Seattle, he understands how to catch the ball in inclement weather. I think there's a value to that. I'm not worried about his speed or anything. I just want to make sure that he gets there, he's healthy, everything checks out, because I think he's a really good football player. So we're talking about speed. Who is, who is your guy? Who's your dark horse to be the fastest guy at the Combine this year? Oh, I think they talk about the DB from LSU. What is it, Dante Jackson? Yes. They are saying everyone is putting the bet on him. Is, if we were sitting up there, if we were sitting up in that high corner of the combine in the barbershop. We were taking bets on the forty. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm gonna push a couple quarters in on Dante Jackson. I think he might be the guy that steals the show. There you go. There you go, Buck. I appreciate you joining me, man. And great job uh, on the NFL Network, man. Hey, thanks so much, Tom. Talk to you soon. I see. He's sitting with uh, Bucky. Check him out at the the Combine. That's Bucky Brooks. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks, uh, or again, follow him on uh, NFL.com. Uh, he has uh, just joined us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Uh, Buck was one of my scouts, uh, very astute, uh, former player, former scout with Seattle and Carolina. He does a great job, and uh, make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. Coming up next, it's text messages. You can get us on the uh, Heritage Distilling text line, 49451. Something that Buck talked about, something that we talked about earlier. Anything that you want to talk about, join the show. Tony Sopley's filling in for Ian Furness right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Ian Furness on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. Welcome back to the Ian Furness Show. Tony Sopley filling in this afternoon and also... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tomorrow, we'll have a, another good show lined up for you. And uh, coming up at 2.45, we'll do crosstalk with uh, Terry Blunt. Um, Dave Softy Mahler sitting on a beach in Maui doing doing his thing, which is well-deserved. Uh, he and his wife, obviously, uh, having a good time over there. But uh, if you want to uh, get some text messages in, join the show, come on. And the Heritage Distilling text line, 49451, join us. Uh, what do you have, uh, Adam? What do you got for me, man? All right, let's start with uh, some Earl Thomas stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is from the uh, 360. You let Earl walk. He's looking for the money. We need people that are working for a championship, not working for a bigger paycheck. Yeah, I, you know, there's there's uh, there's several in that camp. There's several in the camp that say pay him whatever he wants because he's a uh, the best free safety in, in the game. Uh, and look what he's done. Um, his injury history doesn't amount to uh, not paying him because he's been stubbed and beat up along the way. That's not true. He's only had one injury. Maybe a couple of hamstrings, but he never missed any games. So, um, you know, I, I think he deserves some money. Okay, I think that he deserves an extension. Um, I'm not giving him guaranteed money, and, and I think you learn from what they did with Cam. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to give him that that signing bonus, which is fully paid guarantee. That's his guaranteed money, but he's going to have to play in order to get paid for the rest of the contract. And I give him a two year deal, so he'd have a total of three going into this season. Uh, with more guaranteed money, meaning through signing bonus. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is the NFL. I mean, they, they deserve money. Trust me when I say that. I think they deserve money. Hockey players, most definitely. Uh, you know, but football players, uh, anytime you have a violent sport like that, um, you know, you, what they make, it, it's it's well worth it. Trust me when I say that. Okay, what do you, this is from the 360 360- Again, what do you think of an Earl Thomas for Marcus Peters trade? Do you think we would have to throw something in due to Marcus's age and contract? Yeah, he's a lot younger. Uh, his contract, uh, the thing about Peters now is uh, he's been a pro bowler every year he's been in the league. Well, this is his fourth season coming up, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think no, this is, he's played four now. He's played four. Wow, yeah. that was a quick four. Um, okay, so, you know, pro bowler. Four years in a row, correct? Right? Rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. You know, so you're talking about a premier player. You know, that's, uh, you know, swap he and, and uh, Earl, and they'd have to get something else. They'd have to get uh, some picks or something because that's, you know, and then, you know, let's let's be honest. Uh, Peters has had some issues, uh, you know, um, getting along with coaches and those type of things. Um, you know, nothing with the law when, since he's been in the league. Uh, but just uh, getting along with, uh, you know, coaches from an authority standpoint. Uh, he They suspended him a game there, didn't want him around the place. I mean, you know, those things start to add up a little bit. And, and so uh, while he's a hell of a player, a dynamic player, you know, you got to look at the whole pie when you decide to bring a free agent in. It's just not only playtime, injury, history, and production. You better know who he is off the field. You better know how he's going to come in and, and blend in with your locker room, how everything it, it kind of – um, you know, goes together, if you will. Uh, that that's 
just as important as, as being a player. You were right, by the way. Yeah, this is his fourth year coming up. Okay, that's Sorry. what I thought. Yeah. Okay, four. Because he's going to make about $1.7 million. It, it was a four-year, $9.5 million deal, dollar deal. Yeah, and because he was a first-rounder, he, he's got the five-year uh, option, the fifth-year option. So, um, you know, yeah. I, I, why he's still making less money? Um because he's about to get paid. Yeah. He's about time. to get yeah. ching-chinged. You know, there's no question about it. Um, people are asking me uh, on direct message on my uh, Twitter account, if, if what yeah. do I think of Michael Bennett? And and I said it before, uh, you know, when he's healthy, I think he's one of the most disruptive football players, uh, you know, probably the top five in the league. Uh, Brooke, Bucky Brooks, who we just had on from the NFL Network, thinks mm -hmm. that uh, they should find a way to keep him. Uh, you know, but I'll I tell you what, you get rid of Michael Vick, you better have somebody to step up and replace. Is Jordan the guy? Jordan looked good on spurts. He looked good on flashes, and, and you grade flashes. Yeah. You have to grade flashes. I mean, that's part of the, the sample size that you have, so you have to go off that. But his it's injury... It's just such a small sample size, too. Yeah, but know it... you know what? I, I, I was given an assignment when I was a, a rookie scout, my first year scouting, and Dom Neely was a scouting director, and it was a, it was a running back. And uh, there was a couple of times he did this to me. One that only had 30 plays. Uh, the other one was uh, 247 plays. Okay? And it's 247 plays, that's all you get. Tell me what this guy is. Well, you know you know what Jordan is. He's a big big athlete, strong. He, he can come off the edge. He can pass rush. I think when he was at Miami, they tried to make him a down rush in. And then, nope, nope, stand up and be a 3-4 outside linebacker. Uh, just kind of messed with his head and screwed him up a little bit. I would have just put his hand in the dirt and said, hey, you know what? All, all I want you to do is go hurt that quarterback. That's all I want you to do. Come off that edge, yeah. go bust him up. They didn't do that. But I think that's what Seattle and Pete did, and you kind of saw some of the uh, flashes, if you will, of, of a good player coming off the edge and, and really competing well. Yeah, Brandon said uh, on Twitter, too, uh, he wants to keep Michael Bennett around, especially with $5 million uh, in uh, dead cap money. Yeah, you know, $5 million, I can I could live with $5 million, but you can't do that. And then if you if you franchise tag Richardson and yeah. you're stuck with Cam, I mean, you're running out of cap money. Yeah. You run it, and, and then you still have to pay yeah. the rookie pool. Yeah, sure. So you're, you're running out of money. And, sure. and so it's... And um, you got Sherman. What, what are you going to do with... Yeah. Well, Sherman's dead money if they cut him. Yeah. Uh, it was only two men, I think, 2.3 or something but like that. But a lot of people are... I mean, and you, the, and you let me, have a guy let, that's going to make $13 million who's coming off an Achilles injury. Let me say this about the money, too. And, and I love the... The guys over the cap but those aren't the real numbers people okay the nfl is not releasing the real numbers those <laughs> numbers are coming from the agents yeah. uh they're coming from other sources they're not coming from nfl you don't know what the escalators are you don't know what the incentives are uh that are tied into these contracts you don't know what their true cap number is so that's why when i'm on uh the 12th man round table with uh, curtis crabtree and and uh, greg bell i always say hey you guys what's the numbers because you know i don't know I mean, the only way, because I used to be in the office, and I would look at our numbers, and I would hear or see something being printed in the paper. I would just start laughing. It's like, man, that's not even close. You know, so it, the numbers are kind of, it's a guesstimate, if you will. Not trying to kill those guys, because, uh, well, like I said, over the cap, if you want to get close, it's those guys. There's no question about that. Let's see what else I have. Uh, you, you have anything else for me? Yeah. Uh, the text game, man. Uh, trade Earl or make him play his last year. The only Seahawks on defense worth re-signing are Sheldon Richardson, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, and Richard Sherman. Well, you know, it's uh, first you got to have a trade partner, okay? And I'm sure there'd be a lot of those guys out there. Uh, you know, did they did Earl scare a lot of guys away saying he wants to be the highest paid uh, free safety in the game? There's a couple of teams that'd be looking over their shoulder, going, "Man, we really like you, but you know, we're not paying you that money." 
uh, especially because you're about to turn 29 or you're you're nearing that age, uh, and and giving him a four-year deal into his his early 30s doesn't make much sense from a football business standpoint. Football 101 doesn't doesn't tell you to do that. I mean, it, 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 there's nothing that dictates what you do because uh, you see everybody doing all kinds of things, but smart football business do, doesn't uh, doesn't tend to do that. I, I really believe that um, he's here this year, either with an extension or he's going to play the year out. So you got him one more year regardless. So you got him on the back end. You got Bobby Wagner uh, up front with K.J. Wright. That's a solid right there. Yeah, okay. You don't know what's going to happen with Cam. Uh, I think he's not going to play again. He's going to be on the PUP. But if he's if he's passed by the Seahawks doctors and he plays, man, that's that's a big bonus. The health of Sherman, that's that's really going to be the key. And he had the procedure uh, from yeah. a doctor in what was it uh, Minnesota or right, yeah. Wisconsin or something wow. like that 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 does uh, um, a certain procedure that they get back faster. Uh, the Achilles strengthens up quicker. Uh, it uh, the process that he uses, he's allowed to come back faster. Can Richard come back? Can he? Can he be effective? Yeah, I was in Green Bay. Green Bay. Okay. Yeah. Doctor Bob Anderson. There you go. Foot can, and ankle specialist. Can he be effective uh, in change of uh, direction, burst acceleration, pushing off that Achilles, and staying healthy? Um, that, that's that's going to be key. But he he's he too is owed a lot of money this year. So. Oh man, John, and I mean, this is where the the wheel turns of, of you drafting just right. You got free agents that are coming in that you bring in that are leaving that are on the one year contract, and and you got some young guys that aren't getting paid a lot, and the wheel continues to turn, and, and you're going to lose a few guys on that spinning wheel, but you're going to pick up some guys also. So, uh, this is where John and Pete are. It's part of the process. It's part of uh, NFL business, uh, and and away you go. Uh, text message. Here says uh, Paul Richardson. Do you keep Paul Richardson? Um, yeah, he's an entry. You know what? It, I could see him at the right price. Go. At uh, the right price. Yeah. Or do you draft? There's a lot of good players coming up here in this draft. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you draft a, a wide receiver? Um, you'd have to do it fairly high to get some of the good guys. Cortland Sutton, the uh, you know the 6'4", 215 pound junior at SMU, he's he's gonna he's gonna go fairly high. Uh, James Washington out of Oklahoma State, definitely. Kirk from Texas A and M, um, definitely off the board. Uh, Miller uh, from uh, Anthony, little Anthony Miller from uh, Memphis, uh, electrifying 5'11", 190. He's off the board early, uh, somewhere in the first somewhere in the first round, maybe top of the second, uh, but. Here, here you stand, here you sit, here they sit, I should say, without a two and a three. So, uh, you know, man, I, I just, I don't know how they're going to do it. Well, we, this is the year where they do need to trade back. Even if they trade back out of 18 to 25, 25 to 28, there's two, and pick up a two, so at least you now you have a two. Um, but the more you trade back, you're passing up players, you know, so... Um, I mean, Paul Richardson. It's not the most ideal thing to do. It yeah. really is. It's 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 to get you out. And I know a lot of GMs do it because it's cute and they get kudos from the media. To hell with the media. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's what the owner's saying. Yeah. You know, give yeah. me some players. Let's get some players in to support our cause here. What we're trying to do here, we're trying to build the best roster in the National Football League and and, and trying to appease the media. And I'm not saying that's what John and Peter are doing. I'm just saying there's. I know for a fact there's a lot of GMs and. And people in football that, man, the media is going to kill us if we do this. To hell with those guys. You know, let's just handle our business. And, and that was the mindset when I was at Carolina. Uh, John Fox and Marty Herney, who was a former uh, media guy, 
I mean, we we shut out the noise, man, and we just went ahead and handled our business. You know, drafted Steve Smith, you know, Julius Peppers, uh, Chris Jenkins, Dan Morgan, uh, Thomas Davis. You know, I, I mean, I can, I, hell, that 11-year window was special. What else you got for me, man? Uh, let's wrap it up with this one. I just lost it. Um, oh, this is a fun one to end on. 206, would, you, or would Earl Thomas for J.J. Watt trade benefit both teams or only or only one team or neither teams? Well, whoever got Earl would benefit in that. And this is the prime example of free agency. You don't bring in a free agent, and Seattle's done this, you don't bring in a free agent with a lot of injury history. J.J. Watt has a ton of injury history. Elbows, knees, I mean... I mean, yeah. he's a walking stitch. Back. So, yeah, yeah, back. I mean, you know, so uh, you, you avoid those players for, for no doubt. Would you like to have them on your squad as a luxury? Sure, that'd be great. But no, you, you want to bypass that because their injury history uh, affects their production because they're not on the field. And, and so free agency, that's the key, is uh, you already know what they are off the field uh, because it is well documented. Um, but yeah, you know how I feel about that, man. There's no question. Coming up next is my man, Terry Blunt. We're going to go ahead and do the crossover with him here in a few minutes, and uh, we'll find out what he has in store for the rest of the afternoon, and maybe we'll pick his brain on Earl Thomas as well. Tony Sopley sitting in for Ian Furness right here on Sports Radio 950. KJR. Ian Furness on Seattle Sports Radio 950. KJR. Entertaining sports talk. Well, you, you know the you know the music, you know the intro, <laughs> but uh, Softy is uh, sipping on a pina colada. No, man, it would be, it'd be something syrupy. No, he's, apparently he's really into umbrella drinks. Oh, there's no that's question. That's right here. No yes, Shocky tells me he loves umbrella drinks. Yeah, so no, you know I that's what he's that. doing. Yeah. yeah, he's probably on the golf course. He's with got an umbrella a drink, and... mai tai, or something oh, going daiquiri. on over there. Yeah, daiquiri. <laughs> he's yeah, probably like a strawberry. <laughs> no, it needs to be like. Sugar-free strawberry daiquiri. Sugar-free. Yeah. He's staying with his diet. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, sugar-free. Yeah. I, I can hear that. The voice you hear is uh, Terry Blunt, my man, is filling in for soft. He's done a great job all week. Thank you. And, um, you know, what? what's what's going on, man? How you doing? Well, of course, we're going to continue to talk about the controversial subject of the week, and that is the, the Kings and the Warriors coming up here to play, uh, it looks like. A preseason game in October, and uh, there's a lot of people mad about it. A lot of people saying, "Should we fill the place up, you know, for uh, to show the NBA that we still want a team?" And some people say we shouldn't have to show them. So, so we got some people on to talk about it. One is Carmichael Dave, the uh, the sports radio guy from Sacramento, who's uh, you know basically we find out who's which fan base is more mad, Sacramento or Seattle. Yeah, and uh, that'll be fun. And then we have Art Teal on, you know, Good. a longtime columnist, a longtime columnist for the Seattle PI, and now has his own website that's great. And there's probably nobody in Seattle who's covered more Sonic games than Art. Maybe and, more uh, sports than Art. Oh uh, well, no question. Yeah. And uh, Art and I go way back. Uh, we even uh, covered one of the best NBA games here ever. Maybe the best NBA game I ever saw. 1987 Rockets Sonics uh, game six of the playoffs. I remember and it was that double overtime, mm-hmm. unbelievable. And uh, Akeem Olajuwon had 49 points, and the Sonics won 128 to 125. 
and it was just absolutely electric in there. For anybody who remembers that game to think this city doesn't deserve an NBA team, they're oh, yeah, crazy. No. This is an NBA city. It's just a matter of time before they come back. You know, and I say this a lot, and you you can appreciate it because uh, you're you're older like I am. Uh, you <laughs> That's know, a nice I, way to put it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, man, for all those young guys, they got to work to get where we're at. That's right. That's a there challenge. I'm just saying that. <laughs> uh, I, I met uh, Lenny Wilkins for the first time uh, at the Stars Banquet, uh, and Softy introduced me to him uh and it just brought back memories of him and freddie brown and uh you know and all the all the yeah you know uh Lee Lee Winfield and, and dick snyder and bob rule all these guys man yeah. and, and the old guys you know so and then you fun. then you come forward with jack sigma and chambers and x-man and you know, you know and uh you yeah. know we could go through that whole list but this this is an NBA city. It, it really it, is, and I I you know there, we've had a lot of different takes on this from our own staff here, and uh, you know I, I'm going to give mine today uh, passionately how I feel about it, and uh, I think the bottom line is we want to get an NBA team back here, and whatever we have to do, I, I realize that what happened to everyone here with the Sonics is completely unfair. Yes, and people are mad and justifiably so, mm-hmm. but. That was then, and this is now. Let's do whatever we can to to make sure that we do get another NBA team here. Uh, that's kind of my my thoughts on it, and and uh, it has to happen. You know, this is a this is a great city, a big city that deserves it, and uh, whatever we need to do to to facilitate that. My goodness, let's do it. And, and my phone is blowing up. What about Gary Payton? Well, you know what? Oh, I, I'm Payton. not going to forget not, about GP. Come on, man. Look, there's a lot of great guys. <laughs> Nate McMillan. I mean, oh, we can go we on can and keep on going. On. Yeah. Yeah. Dale Ellis. Uh, oh, my you know, goodness. I mean, there's so many, and it's such a great history. Uh, I, I can remember uh, it was probably 19, it was the season before that one I was talking about. Probably 1986 was the first time I ever came up here uh, when I was covering the Rockets, and I'd never been to Seattle. And I tell you, Tony, that going in that building and and seeing uh, those people that loved the Sonics and what a great atmosphere that was, I just went, wow, what a great place this is. And not only that, that's actually when I first fell in love with the city. I knew even then that I wanted to live here. I loved this city. Uh, I had this room, you know, the Weston Towers downtown is a big circular tower. And I had this room in the Weston Tower. It was a, It was in March. So and it was a it was a clear day, kind of like today. And I remember from the west from that from my room on like the 40th floor of the Western Tower, I could see Elliott Bay, I could see uh, the Kingdom at the time, and I could see Mount Rainier all in the background. And yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, for a guy who grew up in Houston, there's nothing but flat, swamp, hot mosquitoes. And I said, I got to move here. <laughs> I love this place. Yeah, there's no doubt. This this is home for me. Uh, you know, born and raised, obviously, and and uh, uh, I moved away for what was it, sixteen years? Yeah. Sixteen years working in the NFL, everything, and mm-hmm. and my wife, we were in St. Louis, and my daughters had graduated from college, my youngest from high school, and my wife looked at me, she goes, "Why are why are we still here?" <laughs> yeah, I said, "Hell, let's you go." Know, that's a great question, huh? Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's get the hell out of here, you know. So you know, I man, it's great to be back. It really is. It so. is. I love it here. I love the people here. I love everything about it, and. uh you know what? The rain, I don't have a problem with it. It's all good. There's no question. That's the voice of Terry Blunt. He's going to take over the, the reins here right now. I'm going to pass it over to him. He's sitting for Softy. He'll do it again today. I will be back tomorrow for the, for my last day for the Ian Furness Show from 1 to 3. we got a great lineup. You don't want to miss it. This is Tony Softly filling in for Ian Furness right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Go Cougs. And Oregon and Washington. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Ah! What? Damn, Eagle! Dong!
Grandpa is talking to you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.